Hey, it's Josh. This one's gonna be explicit. I just wanted to say how happy I am that you're here. In a world where trivia games are played on a podcast. One man reigns supreme and chooses the movie. While the loser must face his... Punishment episode. Punishment spoiler. Charlotte Gainsbourg takes a note from Uncle Joey from Full House and cuts it out. This, this is spoilers. Is spoilers. <laughs> Josh has no context. Real dark there for uh, what we're talking about because he didn't watch. <laughs> Josh, you didn't watch that. Okay, so this is the first time I've done this on spoilers, but I'm going to be an objective observer. Uh, I served enough of a punishment, I think, on our Salo or 120 Days of Sodom pod very, very <laughs> recently. And um, I was going to sit this one out, but I thought I deserved to be here and listen to Mikey wiggle through this. This is Josh from Goshen, if we're already on that stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll just start off with that because it's only going to go downhill from there. Uh, why don't we, uh, while we all still have jobs, we'll just go around and say where we're recording from. Oh <laughs> Josh went, who's uh, nice closest? Probably you, Stevie. Yeah, this is Stevie recording from Elkhart, Indiana. My bad, Mikey. I kind of wish I'd have given you like a cheesy 80s movie or like. Maybe Ben Hur. I don't know. Um, maybe a Rambo sequel. <laughs> maybe. Dove. Yeah. Did you choose this or did I mean, Pappy maybe Rocky this? Five? I chose this. Um, Why? Well, Brett, Brett. I mean, Brett kind of chose it for me when he interrupted me when he yeah, said it he ahead of me. <laughs> and he's not even here. People don't forget. Can you explain, Stevie? What did you win so that uh, you could dole this punishment out? Because that is very important. What did I win? Oh, I was. Uh, I was the Lord of the Ring. Lord of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I just remember this movie being hard to watch when I was in college. And I totally, like, totally forgot about certain parts of this movie. I totally forgot it opened up, like, an erotic K Jewelers commercial. I don't know. It was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) An even more erotic K Jewelers commercial. (laughs) I really thought Kay was going to come up. <laughs> uh, that voice you heard there was Corey. Corey, uh, what would you think of this movie and where are you recording from? Hi, this is Corey, also known as Kylo Ren Memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. Um, well, I... Uh, it was it was good and boring at times. So. Oh, so you thought I, it was I good. I didn't hate it, but... Parts of it were good. Parts of it had me interested and captivated, uh, some more than others. It's not as funny as 120 Days of Sodom. It takes itself a lot more seriously, so it's a totally different thing, but it has some pretty hardcore shit like that movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Josh is going to miss all of the comedy uh, in Antichrist uh, that that we all got to witness. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
I'm shocked you're calling 120 Days of Sodom funny, though. I thought we agreed that was not cool. But there were parts that were, were kind of funny. <laughs> Don't get any of that in this movie? <laughs> no. No one eats shit in this movie. Josh, did you give Sodom a yes or a no? Gave it a no. <laughs> Gave it a no because not enough laughs or... <laughs> I think he got enough laughs. That wasn't the problem. There were not enough laughs. Uh, well, thankfully, uh, this movie, I don't think, is nearly as bad as 120 Days, uh, Josh. I think you got the short end of the stick with that Punishment movie. Um, also, this movie is uh, luckily broken up into, I think, about four or five smallish chapters. This movie isn't very long. It's only like an hour and 45 minutes. But, uh... I guess I'll take take this tough scene first. Um, we start off with uh, the opening scene. Start off with a bang, uh, quite literally. Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg are in the midst of uh, lovemaking. Uh, we'll just say, <laughs> and we get some pretty graphic scenes here. They, they make that very apparent. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Well, I guess like on last episode pappy really dove deep and wanted to know if they like showed penetration which they did not in 120 days of silence they showed it in this one huh like in the first five seconds it's right i mean it's probably the biggest shot of the whole movie it takes up the whole screen (laughs) yeah the beginning of this it's very there's a lot of slow motion it's very artistic it's black and white kiss begins with k there's opera music playing, and then boom, full penetration. Is it really Willem? Uh, I think it is. It's so close up, so. it's hard to I say. I don't think so. There can't, it can't be, because they would be literally having sex. I don't think that would fly on set. That's what his sequel was, Nymphomaniac. Uh, I, don't, I heard that about that movie. They were all actually doing it. They were all yeah. actually doing it in Nymphomaniac? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's... Uh, Shia LaBeouf was up in there? He was all up in that. Yeah. Well, anyways, oh, uh, that's not even the most uh, interesting <laughs> part of the movie. Uh, because while this is simultaneously <laughs> happening, uh, there's a small baby walking around this spooky black and white mansion apartment or whatever. And he's uh, he's a man on a mission. Stevie, what does he do? cue the clapton all right anyway um yeah this is really like horrible and tough to watch like i said it's like an erotic k jewelers uh thriller so they're going from the shower to like a desk to the bed willem dafoe and his old lady are and they're really getting after it totally unaware of their surroundings just lost in lust and also they like turned off the baby monitor they have on silent the baby escapes his crib pushes a chair across the room onto a desk opens a window and then jumps out of said window like he was a man on a mission it's like baby's day out without like all the Mr. Magoo like luck that the baby had. <laughs> there was no Joe Montana in this. Yeah, he doesn't land on a trampoline at the oh. bottom and bounce across the street. There was no gorilla to save him. 
There's no awnings, like a series no. of awnings to bounce off of? Yeah, no. This is just... Um, he probably, what, jumps out of a four-story building? Yeah. Yeah, looks like it. It takes a look. Is it like in Chucky, when she falls out of the window? Child's play? Chucky. Well, uh, this is slow motion, and it's not like they just like show him. like It's not like they leave it on the window and he jumps. They follow him the whole way down. Like... They don't like leave it to the imagination of, oh man, he just fell. It's like, oh, he's falling. More slow motion. Cut mm. back to Willem Dafoe thrusting more. Cut back to falling. They really. Mm. It's yeah. all very surreal and probably way too over directed, I would imagine. It looks. I don't think it looks that great. Corey, you thought the movie looked good? Did you like the way this opening scene looked? Uh, yeah, I think it had some artistic merit. At least it was. <laughs> At least it was pushing that, you know. It was. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's yeah, a little me- busy. I think, don't you think? I mean, there's a lot going on. Well, I mean, isn't being like lost in the throes of lust busy in itself? Yeah, but there's like this dramatic uh, classical music going on in the background. Everything's in black why, and white. Why did Why did they show the dryer going? What was What was the purpose of showing the dryer? random scenes of stuff happening throughout the house a balloon floating by with a a toy attached to it <laughs> a lot of overly artsy cutaways and stuff i feel like and it's really just about uh these two people banging and this baby not being watched and there's all of this art stuff going on what's the point of it i guess what i'm picking up is like Sex is going to be ruined for those two people because oh, of this? Oh, no. No. Okay. No. Well, sorry. I mean, it gets different. They the still... feeling I got is like it makes it so much worse that like they're doing this, you know, like carnal, self-indulgent thing, not paying attention while this happens. Like the baby thing is bad enough, but the fact that they're banging while it happens just makes it so much worse, it seems like. And that, they muted the baby monitor. What the? I didn't know those. I mean, I haven't had it. Also, this baby was making a, a ruckus. How did they not hear? It's not like he was like tiptoeing around the <laughs> yeah, house like the Grinch. I mean, I, mean, I guess he was making a ruckus. Wooden chair across another wooden floor. That <laughs> knocking off statues off desks left and right. <laughs> to jump ahead, I mean, the woman does actually know about this. It turns out later at the end, right? We see her like mental flashback. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the real spoiler is that uh, inherently she knew the whole time that this baby was on his way towards the window and didn't do anything about it because she was just... Uh, There's a a whole thing later on about uh, she thinks that inherently all women are evil. Okay, so I had like a, a serious something like come up during this movie. She knew about the baby? Yeah. Is it her baby? Yeah. Yeah, it's her and Willem Dafoe's baby. This is a a happy family up until this point. The very first minute of the movie. It's a happy family. (laughs) And then uh, from then on, it's... Too happy. After that, I mean, we learn that Willem Dafoe is a therapist. And Charlotte Gainsbourg's character uh, is now, like, crippled with grief. She can't really do much, and she has to, like stay in the hospital for about like a month after this death of this baby. So um, during that time, 
Defoe is like doing his best to like take care of his wife and it's not really doing much and she's just kind of like spiraling downward so they decide that uh, she needs exposure therapy so Stevie what is uh, the plan so is this where he like hypnotizes her to Eden dude I don't, I don't, I don't know it's like what's when they're on the train on, he like starts like hypnotizing <laughs> her <laughs> there's a lot of weird artsy stuff going on and a lot of like, bad transitions that are I'm not supposed to I'm not supposed to know if they're like dreams or mental episodes in somebody's head. I'm not even sure whose perspective this movie is from. Yeah, I have no idea. This is I mean, I know they they want to go to Eden, which is this horrifying cabin in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um yeah, I, I mean, I know he's playing therapist the whole time. It's just very strange, Mikey. I have no idea what's going on in any scene. <laughs> Corey, do you know? Like, I have no help on this. Like, uh, well, we're in chapter one, which is called Grief. It's like uh, 120 Days of Sodom, Josh. They got like these chapters. And in Grief, she's, you know, after the death and the funeral, she's very sad and she's... Circle of Mania. Yeah, there's a lot of crying. There's... um. There's Willem Dafoe trying to figure out the best way for them to move forward, and he's a therapist, and he's trying to figure out what she's most afraid of so that they can go and face her fears, which will help her get over the grief, I think. And Eden, the place that they've been talking about, is, I guess, like the cabin area and the woods area, and it turns out that area is what she's most afraid of for some reason. So they go there so she can, like, face her fears. Yeah, but... The way they describe stuff, I mean, we get a lot of imagery that's like, oh, is this uh, part of someone's imagination? I mean, there's people that are like highlighted in all white. Everything's like pretty gray. I don't know. He's Willem Dafoe sees a lot of weird imagery with a a deer like giving birth, and it's like the baby deer is dead. I I don't know, man. There's it's supposed to be super artsy and there's just like a lot of disturbing imagery and you're just supposed to interpret stuff and it's all pretty boring to me. Josh, you got any questions? Yeah, there's so a lot the of like mysterious like interpretation. Like what does, what is the meaning of this? One thing they say, cause they're out there in the woods is uh, nature is Satan's church. So I think you're supposed to be like looking for that everywhere in the, in the woods. Ah, like with that deer giving birth when it's running away. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, but the, the deer, deer. There's three animals, right? Yeah, there's uh, a deer. There's a raven or a crow a and fox. a fox. Yeah, and they all kind of come up at different points throughout the story. Um, I don't know if I need to s- explain anything else in chapter one. Uh, they end up getting to the cabin and. Of course, it's like creepy and stuff. And uh, I have a question. All right, shoot. Who's the Antichrist? <laughs> see, you see, that would actually make the movie interesting if that was part of it. But <laughs> it's really not. I thought it's uh, not <laughs> part of the movie at all. Doesn't a kid named Damien and like there needs to be like a lamb sacrifice? Like. This isn't the typical Antichrist story. I wish we watched the Omen. There's not a story, Josh. Okay. There's not a story. <laughs> Whoa, sorry. A kid, a kid falls out a window, and then we see really weird imagery for the next hour and a half. <laughs> he pretty much uh, look. That, 
<laughs> the Antichrist is is the woman. The Antichrist is this attempted screenplay. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it that way. They, Look, I only say that because in the poster or like in the Amazon thing, the T in Christ is like the female symbol. So, mm, spoiler. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty much just the baby dies, and then it's um, Willem Dafoe playing Doctor in the Woods very poorly for like the <laughs> next hour and twenty minutes. Um, that I, I I don't know if there's anything else left in chapter one, so I'm just gonna go to chapter two. Which is called pain. Is this is this where she turns evil? Uh, I don't, I don't think so yet. I mean, she's just weird. She's just weird for most of this movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't know her her attempt to like get over this grief or to deal with it is to just try and bang Willem Dafoe for the whole movie, and he's kind of really <laughs> reluctant to do that. Um, even though it's probably awesome. Um, <laughs> she's, uh, she's just, her emotions are kind of all over the place and she's really kind of losing it. I don't know why they're not in a hospital. Um, she's not taking any meds or anything. They like made a point to show that she's flushed her meds down the toilet. Um, she's pretty manic and I don't know. I mean, the synopsis on chapter two is pretty short. Uh, there's pretty much just that stuff. And then uh, Willem Dafoe finds himself out in the middle of a, a meadow and finds the fox, which uh, looks to be like eating itself. Can talk. Yeah. And what does he say, Corey? Chaos reigns. Classic. Um, whatever, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you got any? That's like Willem Dafoe's reaction too. He's like, "Huh, whatever that means." And like, walks away. <laughs> yeah, like, All right, that was cool, I guess. Chaos Is this movie like an analogy to like? Uh, 18th century Russian politics or something like that or is there anything deeper is it just like a bunch of weird imagery I, I mean know. acorns hit a roof and Willem Dafoe's hand ends up swollen you tell me Josh <laughs> I have no idea I think I'm uh, so glad I didn't watch this obviously the swollen <laughs> hand is a reference to the 1980s character Donkey Kong who has very large hands <laughs> <laughs> Obvious reference. How could I miss I honestly, it? Honestly, I'm looking at uh, the Wikipedia like rundown of the plot, and I don't know if it's supposed to even... Lars von Trier is supposed to be saying something, but also for a lot of this movie, I guess he was like battling depression, so I'm wondering if it was just more of a personal thing he was working through, and it's kind of just like only for him to understand, or if he is trying to say a, a deeper message here. But what I am seeing doesn't make any sense i think there's more meaning in chapter three right i think i mean more so than the others chapter three is called despair and uh genocide genocide that's the name of the book she's writing is that right yeah i guess we learned that she's a a researcher or a historian or something or she's doing a thesis and ultimately her thesis is attempting to portray all women as inherently evil and I guess that's 
that would be the takeaway message from this movie that Lars von Trier is trying to say. I guess I don't know really. That seems kind of that's a tad yeah, it seems a little uh out there. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to that? I don't know what he's trying to say with this chapter. Is it like in a biblical way, like uh, Adam and Eve, like Eve ate the apple sort of thing? I mean, yeah, I think that's a part of it for sure. They go through like a lot of imagery and like old books and stuff that are like alluding to uh, kind of like Satanistic rituals and stuff and all that, but nothing ever really comes of it. I don't, I'm not going to say outright there's like Satanistic stuff in this because we don't really see any rituals or anything like that going on. She just kind of like loses her mind. I don't know. This is terrible, Stevie. What uh, is there anything else? <laughs> it's a punishment movie. <laughs> I, but there's like nothing happening. She's. It's a lot of people just sitting around in a cabin. There's a lot that happens in the last act. All right. Well, we're on chapter there's three, a lot and that it's been happens. twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> she wants to get slapped during sex. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and she also wants to cause her son to have some kind of foot deformity. There's a whole thing, Mikey. Yeah, Mikey, yeah, what that doesn't mean anything. What's your in theory the on the on the shoes? <laughs> no, being none backwards. of it comes back to mean anything in the end. <laughs> if he had better feet, he wouldn't have fell. If he had better, he wouldn't feet. have lost his footing on the on the snowy ledge. If he was thinking, he wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, I guess <laughs> we learned in an autopsy report. Uh, somehow, his tiny feet didn't break on the fall. Uh, and we find out that both of his feet are like pointed outwards because the mom put on his shoes backwards every day. And I guess that's supposed to mean something. That's her, uh, inherently evil motherly side coming out, I guess. Um, and as Stevie says, that's ultimately why this baby dies. Not because he opens the window and falls out of it, but because he has bad feet and he... Because he has bad feet! <laughs> ...falls out the window. If she would have put on her shoes normally, he would have had better grip. Just would have watched the snowfall. So, all. like, she somehow subconsciously caused and allowed her son to fall out a window. Is that she kind of what's subconsciously, subconsciously and She watched that baby fall out the window. She watched her. Yeah, she watched him go. While she was getting railed. Yeah. That's quite the kink. Well, get ready, buddy, because um, it's only going up from there. It gets worse. <laughs> I've just been having a lot of crazy dreams. Dreams are of no interest in modern psychology. Uh, what's after the boot stuff? Um, oh, uh, well, she tries to bang Willem Dafoe again, and they're in a shed, and he's like... Ugh. refusing and she ends up smashing his donger with a, a block of wood and <laughs> that apparently knocks him out unconscious uh, <laughs> from the pain alone I mean I'm sure it would out. hurt but uh, he, it's just a hilarious imagery of him getting hit in the penis and then <laughs> going think, out out cold I don't think one's brain could register <laughs> like your loved one taking a log and throwing it down on your erect penis like it's a cockroach in the middle of the night. Oh. Like she hits him hard with a log. It's like I mean like a cockroach in the middle of the floor in the middle of the mm-hmm. night, Josh, like 
throwing it down. Okay, but how much do you see his wiener in this movie? My goodness. You see his full penis after this. Mm-hmm. Erect. Because she uh, jerks him off. and She jerks him off, and then he doesn't ejaculate semen. He ejaculates blood. It's just blood. Yep. It's a whole to-do. And then this is where I guess she really loses. I mean, there's no turning back now. She's not gonna. She's not gonna get over this one, fellas. Uh, she. <laughs> they're like in a, a workshop or some, like a wood shop, and there's like this grindstone that she disassembles, and then she ends up drilling a hole in Willem Dafoe's leg and putting this grindstone, and then like. Uh, fastening it to his leg and then throwing away the wrench so he's got this giant weight attached to his leg now and he's unconscious the whole time and she's uh going to hide this wrench so she walks outside and tosses it underneath the cabin and then she like bolts it on him so he can't just like take this thing off he's like gotta crawl around yeah it's bolted to his leg he wakes up and starts dragging himself away and he drags himself in like the middle of the woods and uh Corey, where does he hide? Uh he goes to hide in like this like little foxhole that they've been kind of showing throughout the movie when they've been going outside to the woods. Um he like crawls in there and th- there's something in there, he lights a match and he like starts unburying it and it, we find out that it's um it's the crow that we've been seeing uh here and there. Like we mentioned before, there's like three animals that pop up throughout. The crow is one of them. And kind of starts like squawking at him and revealing his position. So he just starts bashing it repeatedly with a rock. Really not taking his advice from Lighthouse. You never kill a seabird. But yeah, he just starts bashing it with a rock. And uh, she finds him because of all the squawking. This is the strongest crow ever. It doesn't die. Mm Mm-hmm. You got a very tough brain, um, and the crow doesn't die, and he's making a bunch of noise, and uh, she doesn't have a, a character name. She just goes by she in this movie, but she's walking around in the woods looking for Willem Dafoe's character, and she ends up hearing uh, the bird just losing it in this foxhole, and she finds Dafoe, and she uh, just... Kind of, what is she? She kind of traps him in there. She's trying to dig him out, and he's not getting out. She kind of just buries him. Kind of just buries him. He's got this giant weight attached to his leg. He's kind of in a pretty bad spot. Ooh, like the lighthouse? Kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of just stays in there for a couple hours, and then she digs him up later. And then it's chapter four. Like the lighthouse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My thoughts when I was watching the scene exactly. I was like, this is like the lighthouse, but way worse. (laughs) But way worse. (laughs) And now it's chapter four. This chapter is called The Three Beggars. Uh, Like Corey said, the three beggars are the crow, the fox, and this deer. Charlotte Gainsbourg, she she says something to the effect of like, when all three of the the three beggars are here, uh, one of us, somebody has to die or something. And so, during this confrontation, when they're back in the house, um, again, I don't know what's going on before stuff starts popping off, but it's kind of just a lot of 
slow talking that's not really like very interesting dialogue or anything is she a witch i don't know what this is supposed to mean at all i don't know you chose this movie <laughs> i assumed you knew what was happening mikey i gave you this assignment figured you'd study uh i, I don't know how to interpret it I don't think it is supposed to. I think. I mean, one minute she's on the ground quivering, the next minute she's outside the cabin screaming at Hale. I don't know. Uh, she's masturbating a lot, too. She's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. She, she's jerking off. Does she. Um, <laughs> with Willem Dafoe's knocked out hand. Yeah, they're both, like, laying down that was on the weird. ground. Um, I thought he was dead. I was like, this is odd. <laughs> I'm sure he wishes he was dead. And then. She makes the bold decision of uh, taking a pair of scissors and doing a little... Right here, uh, IMDb says, clitoridectomy upon herself. (laughs) And I'm sure using context clues, you can use... (laughs) No, say it. (laughs) (laughs) She cuts off her wiener, and uh, then she's just kind of like writhing on the ground in pain uh and then she's just she's walking in and out of the house for like the next five minutes there's not even like much going on she's just kind of like in various parts of the cabin just losing her stuff uh willem dafoe is of course on the ground like what the fuck is going on is he dead from getting his wiener bashed in he lives through that no he He lives unfortunately lives through that uh i think I think he ends up getting this this giant grindstone off of his leg. He s- somehow figures out that the wrench is like directly underneath him in the cabin and smashes a floorboard and uh, picks up the wrench from there and then releases himself. It's like the crow then... was leading him to it, you know? The, yeah. the crow is squawking right near it. So it kind of directs his attention there and that's how he finds it. Yep. Uh, that all makes perfect sense within the context <laughs> of whatever else is happening. All, all, all the other weird stuff happening in the movie, that all makes perfect sense. Um, What's the deal then, with all these wacky animals? Is it like Dr. Seuss book or something? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Dr. Doolittle, man. It's supposed to be imagery for something. I don't know what <laughs> Lars von Trier is going through during this time in his life. It all means something to him. Depression. Who hurt you, man? Heavy depression. It's all very important to Lars von Trier. Um, <laughs> and then what happens? He gets out of this grindstone business. He kills Charlotte Gainsbourg. Yeah, he chokes her. Uh, I don't know why she doesn't fight back. Uh, she really just kind of just lets him choke her to death. And then she dies. And then uh, he takes her out on this giant... Um, bonfire thing that they had set up at the cabin and he just burns her body and then he takes off in the woods probably starting a humongous forest fire because this fire that he started was massive Um, (laughs) then he limps away (laughs) out into the forest and uh, then we get an epilogue which I don't know if is supposed to explain anything Stevie did you see the epilogue and what was your interpretation of it when it goes to black and white? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we start like we end. We go to black and white. And then you see all these uh, old-timey women just walking towards uh, Willem Dafoe. 
Well, he did eat some berries. And what's that? He did eat some berries. I don't know if that's important. Like we're supposed to assume that these are poisonous berries or he's. I figured those were just more witches coming to kill him. Ah. I figured he was living in witch eternity hell. I have no idea. Maybe it's related to like what she was writing about because her book was about how like men have like abused and killed women over the years. But she, her conclusion on that was that women were complicit and they wanted it or something like that. So maybe it's like all the the women of old who have been wronged, but actually were uh, willing participants in the way that she was with her own destruction. Who's the hero in this movie? Who's the Jesus character? (laughs) Who is the Jesus-like character? The baby. It had to be the baby. (laughs) I I loved before the pod when Stevie was like, yeah, pretty sure the baby knew what he was doing. He was trying to off himself. <laughs> He'd had enough. I think he knew what he was doing. Well, just on a uh, mission. Okay, well, we should try and find the scene. Uh, the baby does look directly at the camera. Does a weird turn and look at the camera. Smirk, smirk, as if he's up to something. He does a Joker smile. Yeah. It's pretty meta. I don't know why he looks right at us. He what flashes is- a peace sign and then he dives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, his last words were catch you on the flip side and he hops yeah. out it's a real boondock saints situation <laughs> but that's aim for the bushes bam that's uh, pretty much it after what Stevie said there there's not much um, yeah it's just a bunch of women walking up the hill to where Willem Dafoe was walking down um, and it's just pretty surreal imagery and it's all in black and white, and I guess we're just supposed to interpret 90% of this movie uh, in our own head, because <laughs> God knows Lars von Trier didn't give us enough, enough context on his own. He's an auteur, okay? Yeah. He doesn't have to explain himself to you. I'm sure some of these scenes mean a whole lot to him, though. I just I wish I could connect to him more. Josh, you have any questions about what you've heard here tonight? Do you think uh, you think... would go back and watch <laughs> Antichrist? No, I'm good on that. Um, oh. You know, if you guys want to sk- show any screenshots to the group thread, and then maybe I can put them on Instagram. <laughs> um, I think it would be a funny one, like with Willem Dafoe, with just like the biggest blur ever through his mid midsection. Because his wiener's so big, probably. I don't know. <laughs> we could probably get away with posting his butt. His butt makes a pretty big cameo. In 120 Days of Sodom, there's a little bit of message about how, like, excess can get taken to an extreme, and there's, like, a little bit of class warfare sort of stuff happening. But we still didn't think it was really worth all the pornography and gore to get there. It just seems devastating that there's no discernible even lesson in this that I can even ask. Was it worth it to get there? Because, like, where are you getting? You're not getting to anywhere, right? I think there's probably someone that's going to listen, that's going to, like, understand this movie fully, unlike us, and, like, feel real ashamed of us. Maybe it's super obvious. We just don't see it. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I think it's wait, human nature, right? It's That's the... To that person who's like angry at me, my dog, she's probably 11 weeks now, little pug, 
literally took a human-sized dump on my brand new rug. <laughs> this was the most immaculate-looking thing I've ever seen come out of such a small body. Oh it was terrifying. It's like Bono size. Dude, it was. I should have taken a picture and sent it in for record books. <laughs> I mean, massive. And that's why I was like, wait a minute. She knew her baby was jumping. There was a whole lot I missed. So I'm sorry, but that was the event that went down. I am just wondering if, like, the whole reason this movie is, like, regarded is for the shock of, like, all the sexual violence or something. But if that's the case, then I would have rather have watched Hostel or something because at least I know what I'm getting into. But with yeah. this, it's like, there he's obviously trying to give me some deeper meaning to all of this or something. I don't know what it could possibly be and i hope it's not the women are inherently evil thing because that seems pretty fucked up that seems kind of <laughs> yeah. like the uh the message of this movie I, that's what i'm kind of taking away i don't know if it could possibly be anything else other than that but it's a pretty bad movie um and it's <laughs> like he's trying so hard to circumvents just saying it out loud or something by using all of this artistic imagery and making it seem supernatural when really it's not because we don't really get any sort of like supernatural stuff i guess i don't know i don't know what he's trying to do here and i don't know what the message is so if it's like sexual violence or something there's way more movies out there to find that kind of stuff i guess lars write in write in yeah. send us an email <laughs> yeah. Tell us, tell us what's going on here. He'd probably be so angry listening to this right now. <laughs> you fools! I'm oh, reading no. here in the wiki that they rewrote this after it was written once because the writer, like the main re- revelation that, quote, the earth was created by Satan and not by God was like leaked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. That sounded interesting. But then he totally re-wrote it, for, rewrote it from there. So I don't think that's like the take. Yeah, it's not anything like that at all. It's nothing like that. So, in terms of uh, if you wanted uh, a clear understanding of the plot or anything of this movie, you're not going to find it here. I'm sorry. Uh, No, this is pretty surface level stuff, people. So much for my Stevie question. (laughs) What what is it? What what question you got? What the fuck was this movie about? (laughs) Got me, friend. (laughs) I have no idea. Is Willem Dafoe, like... Brave? Like the Disney movie? I mean, he's hanging dong and he's got his ass hanging out. I don't even think he does a great job in this movie. It's not... I don't know. I mean... I mean, it's not like the lighthouse or anything. I just find... Besides, like, the black and white scenes. And the dialogue isn't all that great either, guys. I mean, there's like five minutes of absolute crazy batshit stuff happening and then the rest is really boring. I don't know. I was kind of engaged while watching it because, uh, you know, I was I was very interested to see what it was going to lead up to. And what it led up to was just like insanity, torture porn style shit, which I mean, is fine. But I, I thought it was going to I don't know. I, th- I thought I would understand things more clearly, but I was I was pretty engaged while watching it, I'd say. Oh, yeah. I found the baby picture of the smirk. Here we go, Josh. Clear <laughs> indication of smirk is it the antichrist baby from passion 
<laughs> no, no. Same. Oh, dude, no. This is that look that that girl gives when she has, like, a gas. The fire. Gasoline. And a, yeah, she's, like, <laughs> looking at the fire she started. <laughs> yeah, this is the exact same energy. Yeah, that baby knew what was going down. Between the pappy baby from Passion of the Christ and this baby, same energy. You see your parents screwing that hard. There's no point of going on. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Any final comments? We can give some yes or no's. Uh, Corey, why don't you go first? I'm going to give it a no. Dog? Is <laughs> No dog. Uh, look, <laughs> it's hard to articulate this. I could see how it's worth watching and someone would enjoy it if they are like, um, maybe like some kind of film major that's like studying like religious philosophy or I, symbolism I don't yeah what's the symbology here to quote Willem Dafoe in Boondock Saints yeah. I don't quite know <laughs> maybe it's just because I don't get it you know um, it, it's a no there's some pretty intense things that happened that uh, I thought were interesting to watch maybe unnerving but still interesting to watch but that wasn't quite enough to salvage it it was it was okay, but it's still gonna be a no. Hmm. All right, uh, Stevie. Hardest of no's. Hardest of hardest of no's. I will never watch this movie again. Like, there were times where like you're just watching the screen and watching the screen, and literally nothing happens, and nothing is a payoff. And. Like, I didn't like to watch a baby, like, willfully have an agenda in the beginning and jump out that window. Uh, so, yeah, hard no. Well, no offense, and I didn't see the movie, so I don't know, but will you be revisiting any of these particular scenes on, like, uh, RedTube or anything? <laughs> They're not even good enough to jerk off to. I mean, yeah. it's not even... <laughs> no, dude. It's, gotta be it's not that kind of movie, movie either. Seen. It's, not, it's yeah. not even no. that kind of movie either. It's not that good i mean yeah there's not a lot of high-end production in those scenes uh so yeah no <laughs> uh yeah so it's just up to me josh do, i mean do you want to give a yes or no based on what you heard here <laughs> no i don't want to give it anything you don't do you want, do you want to <laughs> give any fan theories josh for not having seen it fan theories uh let me think about it for a second while mikey goes here okay Maybe. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'll just echo what you guys have said. Uh, either I'm like an idiot and don't understand what I'm watching, or Lars von Trier is like no better than a student film project. I don't, I don't know, Corey. Corey made a good point. Is like this seems a lot like a student film project or something, uh, just with how hard pressed he was to like symbolize all of this Christianity stuff, all of this sexual violence stuff. Um, nature is a huge part of this, which is, I guess, inherently evil in this movie, which we're supposed to interpret from stuff being said. I don't know. The dialogue doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, like Stevie said, there's a lot of points in the movie where not much is happening. Um, it's just it's real fun for the whole family. Yeah, it's just really boring until uh, you get to these crazy scenes that are that really only last like it's like five minutes total of the whole movie. The rest is extremely boring. Uh, so it's a no dog for me. I'm never gonna watch this again. Uh, Stevie, I 
I'm not angry that you, that you chose this movie. I actually kind of wish you would have chose like Hostel or something because then it would have been like excitement throughout the yeah, whole Yeah, but movie. those movies are good. <sighs> Josh, what's your fan theory? Yeah, I got something here. So maybe the director is trying to portray like this woman is like the embodiment or like the spirit of like the like Casey Anthony type of people. So like... I don't know. Like I said, I haven't seen this movie, but it seems like she purposely willed this for her kid to die a, and is obsessed with like her own sex life. And like, it's just, I don't know. Does that make any sense? Does that work on any sort of level? Yeah. Uh, like when she's cutting herself at the end i don't know if you're supposed to interpret it like oh she's getting off at the same time i don't know it's again it all only lasts like 30 seconds and then she's basically fine afterwards so i don't don't really know how to interpret any of it josh <laughs> uh, i'm gonna go with your theory josh i like it jafar good guy <laughs> 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 uh yeah i don't think we have anything else to say about this movie uh, i'm probably gonna get fired from my job for recording this uh but uh that was spoilers <laughs> i said the same thing about the shot of Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. My, my wife only saw like a very short snippet at the beginning and was like very unhappy. Why? <laughs> she said she's mad at whoever picked this, but. Why? Yeah. But she doesn't like stuff. She's kind of like Josh, kind of like sensitive about like movies. Stop and... calling me sensitive, damn it. <laughs> Josh, you are you are the pod. Snowflake. I don't know how else to describe you. No, I I I totally forgot about the Eric Clapton part. So I was like, oh, I forgot about this. I don't know why I picked it. And then the only thing I really remembered was his dick getting beat in. That is pretty memorable. Yeah. I forgot about the scissors. That was awful. Anyway, I'm good to go. <laughs> All right, is everybody ready to go? I just want to get this over with. This is (laughs) going to be boring. (laughs) It'll be fine. Let's talk about Eric Clapton half the time. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah, you want me to count down? Uh, uh, Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, go. Ooh, mine came up with an error. Wow, I've never seen that one. Sura. Weird. Okay. Sorry, y'all. All good. Have you guys ever updated your Audacity? Or are you still rocking the same one for 2000? <laughs> I think it's just good to go forever. 2016. Is it going to be like this forever? Never change that Future proof. I'm ready again. All right. Three, Three two, two, one. one. 
profit. Whisper.